We understand through the Bible that God created the heavens and the earth. And he revealed himself to just a few people because God is a spirit and he's not seen. He moves through people. He moved through the prophets in the Old Testament to bring prophetic words to uh, people that he loved. He revealed himself to the Jews that they might understand that God is the one who made the heavens and the earth. And he also promised to send Jesus to identify with us, to identify with our humanity and to identify with our sin nature. He sent Jesus to redeem us back to God because of Adam and Eve's sin. All the world was lost. So it took another man to go through every test and not be disobedient to the word of God or to the commandments and to fulfill the commandments so that when he died, his blood, being a righteous man, would purchase all those who would come back to God. But Jesus, as a man, had a short life of 33 years, and then he went home to be with the Father. But he left us in the hands of the Holy Spirit, who could be with all of us. And people who knew God, apart from the Holy Spirit living in them, experience God, but it was nothing like what we can experience through the Holy Spirit. God with us, the Holy Spirit living inside of our spirit. But all the world and everything that we face constantly defies the atmosphere and the presence of God. We are constantly bombarded by philosophies, by our situations that cause us to think that God is not with us. We have the Holy Spirit. Jesus, Jesus told us, in Luke eleven thirteen, to ask and keep on asking for the Holy Spirit. We leak out the Holy Spirit. We are human. We are dealing with our own nature. And so without the presence of the Holy Spirit, we slowly can kind of just drift away. And so we have to be in constant communication and relationship with God through the Holy Spirit. And it is our belief that every time we gather together, especially when we're in the presence of God in worship, that the Holy Spirit has the opportunity to recharge us, to come into our spirit, to renew our mind, and to give us a supernatural strength to keep on living our life, to discover the gifts that God has given to us, and to begin to show us how to use those gifts. We are called together to be a body of Christ. We're called, and I really believe that God calls each one of us to be part of a local church. And if you're here visiting today, we're hoping that God is calling you to be part of us because we need you. We are a member. We are members of the body of Christ, and it's a many-membered body. And it's real people experiencing God and then using what God has given them to help others. We're called to make disciples, to make, become followers of Christ. And that's not easily explained what to do. Are we all religious robots where we read the Bible a certain way and we act it out a certain way? No. We take in the Word of God. It's like osmosis. It comes in and we don't understand, but it begins to change and transform the way we think. It begins to move us in ways that we step out. We do things that we wouldn't normally do, but there's something urging us on. What is it? It's the Holy Spirit within us. It's because we've been reconnected to God through Jesus Christ, and there's something alive in me when, since I've asked Jesus to be my Lord, that the Holy Spirit has made my spirit alive, and there's this longing and yearning to connect with God and to know who He is. Amen. We're often frustrated that we have God and we have a relationship with Jesus Christ, but why do we go such, through such difficult situations? Why does trauma and tragedy happen to us? It's part of this fallen world. It's part of what Jesus said would be in this world for, for those who are believers, that we would have trouble, we would have trials, that there would be deaths, there would be losses. But our courage and our hope is in our relationship with Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit who continually renews us day by day. And it's with this, the title of my message today is It Has to Be Fresh. 
It's got to be fresh. When we were at a prophetic conference in uh, Portland in, in um, October, we went in and uh, just Andrea signed us up for the prophetic room. So we went in and they prophesied over us again. And what we brought back was this word about it has to be fresh. And the Lord's really been helping me just kind of put this message, message together for a couple of months now. But I knew it was for today. And we all face a new year. But how much of a new year is just old? Because we bring the way we feel, the way we think, the things that have happened to us into each day. And yet each day is a new day. We have a new date. We're never going to live January 3rd, 2016 again. It's already almost half over. How are we going to see God in a new way? How are we going to experience the newness of what God is calling all of us to experience. You can think about different seasons of your life when life changes and you come into new. But often when you come into something new, you are so overwhelmed with the insecurity of new and how do I deal with new and how do I be in new that you don't really rejoice in that it's new. I think of when I got married and I moved away from my family and moved in with this woman who I committed my life to, and it was new, but it was very stressful. We were two different people. We believe in God. That was our common unity. We believe in God and Jesus Christ. We believe in the Holy Spirit, but our personalities and our differences in this new situation didn't really allow us to experience the new. It was like a crash course in how do we survive together? How do we understand what God is trying to do in our lives? And I think sometimes when we look at new or what we want to expect as new, we really find out that we don't understand what new is, and we have a hard time embracing new. In fact, usually when something new happens or you go into a new season, it takes a while to settle in when you find a new routine, when you find a new comfort zone. Then you settle back and you think like, oh, okay, this is good. How many can I identify with? It, new is it's hard to really, uh, to really experience. We want new, and yet there's that part of us like, I'm afraid of new. I don't have any control when something's new. I don't know what's going to happen in this new situation, in this new relationship, in my new job. How many of you started a new job and what? Stress. New? What do you mean new? I'm stressed. Are they going to fire me? Am I going to do the job? And you find yourself fiddling around trying to, trying to do your job and you feel like you're just fumbling because you're, you're not confident. You, you haven't learned everything you're supposed to learn. Usually those people that are helping you with that new job, they have a lot of grace on you. I remember my first day going in as a driver, my first day a brand new van, and I scratched the bumper. And I was, I was stressed all day. My boss goes, no big deal. Don't worry about it. I was stressed all day. I had a new job. I was driving a new van and I scratched the bumper. Oh, the stress is of new. But God says it has to be fresh. God wants to come to us in a fresh new way. It is the Holy Spirit who's going to reveal a fresh Jesus to you. It is the Holy Spirit who's going to reveal the new things that God wants to come and blossom up out of your life. Just like spring is going to bring new flowers and new growth into our, into our area, especially after the rain. I've been looking at the hills on the way to church today, and the hills are green. They haven't been green for over a year. You know, God's doing a new thing, but it takes time. My daughter, who's a, a nurse and she's in the medical field, uh, people are, she's dealing with a lot of people who are, you know, dying and everything, and uh, the people are wondering when they're going to die, and she says, there's no expiration date on you. You know, 
There's no expiration date on you. No one knows when you're going to die. We have food that we're always dating. And I can remember when I was a kid, there was no date on the cans. As long as the can wasn't bursting open, you could eat it. <laughs> Nowadays, if the, date is, oh, if the date is one day yesterday, my wife will not eat that. She will not open that can because that date says it's no good anymore. And me, no way. Let's open that thing. I, I'm, I eat stuff six, eight, ten months out of date. I haven't died. (laughs) But there's this desire for freshness. And I think we have it because we have the Holy Spirit we want new. You know, we just went through the holidays. and we I don't know about you, but there's this high, 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 high. And then January, boom, the bottom drops out of your high. It's not Christmas anymore. It's cold January. And we have a whole new year to face. But God's telling us it has to be fresh. His mercies are new every morning. Oh, to have a renewed mind, to have an outlook for our life. Maybe some of you have just gone through some separation, some relationship problems. Some You're in stressful times and you think like, oh, new. What would that be like? You're grieving. You're upset. You've had losses. But God wants to tell you today, it's going to be fresh. It's got to be fresh. You have to have a fresh relationship with Jesus. Yesterday, you can't live on yesterday's experience. You must have a new experience. And that's why Jesus, again, said in Luke eleven thirteen, ask for the Holy Spirit and keep on asking. Why? Because it's his turn. He's at bat. Holy Spirit is at bat. Jesus had his time. But yet, with the Holy Spirit, we have God the Father, because the Holy Spirit brings to us what God is saying to us and wants to say. And Jesus said, He'll be in us and with us through the Holy Spirit. Kind of complicated the way we think about it. You know, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. I'm a father. I'm a son. You know, I relate to, I related to my dad. I became a father. I relate to my kids. I'm a husband. God has the ability to reveal himself through the Holy Spirit, through Father, Son. Don't get stuck in your head. Just be open. Holy Spirit, reveal yourself. I want to know who you are. I want to hear what you're saying to me. I want to experience what's got to be fresh in my life. I want a fresh new experience. I am down, especially if you've gone through it and you're discouraged and you feel down and you feel depressed and you feel overwhelmed and overloaded. You're in a good place because God wants to break through to you. God wants to reveal himself to you. God wants to show you a whole new way of living. Are you tired of the way you've been living? Are you dissatisfied with your life? You're in a good place. Because when you're weak, when you're tired, when you're ready, that's when you're ready for transition. That's when you're ready for something new. Let me give you the definition of fresh from the Incarnate Dictionary. Recently harvested or made and showing no sign of staleness or decay. Oh, make me new. (laughs) Not having been preserved, aged, or processed by canning or freezing. Aren't... Isn't society today after a new high? I mean, people jumping off buildings and uh, doing all kinds of crazy things. They want a high. People have this something inside of they want excitement. They want something new. They want to try out something new. It, it's, it's something that people are trying to do in the natural, but it's really a cry from their spirit. It's a cry for something that's not the same, something that's going to fill them with hope, something that's going to fill their life with meaning and purpose. The desire for something fresh, something new. People take risks. They'll pay money. They'll take chances for that fresh 
feeling, that experience of jumping out of a perfectly, per perfectly good airplane, like Nancy and Bonnie. <laughs> you know, the Bible has the Old and the New Testaments. It has the establishment of what God did and his desire to have creation and really to have family and the old preparing Jesus so that we could have the new. God sending his son. Jesus about restoring us back to relationship with God. In Hebrews 8, 10 through 13, For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their mind, and I will write them on their hearts. And I will be their God, and they shall be my people. None of them shall teach his neighbor and none his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me, from the least of them to the greatest of them. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness, and their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. And that, he says, a new covenant. He has made the first obsolete. Now what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away. That's where newness and that freshness comes, is we have been given a new heart, a new spirit. That's where life comes. That's where all changes come from. That's where even our will is changed and we get excited about life is because the Holy Spirit is moving in our spirit. The Creator, because we're re reconnected through Jesus Christ and being born, and we've been born again through accepting what He did for us personally, our sins are washed away. Our spirit is made alive and new and we have fellowship and intimacy, as much intimacy with God as we can hold and that we can handle. As dare as we would to spend time with God and wait on Him to grow in this relationship. That we would put away things at times to grow so much deeper in a God who wants to make things fresh and new to us and for us. New happens daily, even though life and new is surrounded by familiar and routine. That's what I think about when every day, when I think about this is a new day, has full of potential. It can be full of excitement. But what my feelings that I bring into the day from yesterday, what experiences I keep processing, steal the newness of today, of this moment. Really, all we have right now, you guys, all we have together, together we are in this moment together. That's all we have. The past is the past. We can't change it. We process it over and over and over, and I know there's a place for that, for healing and restoration, but there comes a place where it's got to be done. We've got to move forward. We've got to forget the past. In Colossians 3, 9 through 10, you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. The new man. That's where our investment should be. It's in our spirit. That's where the life of God flows. That's where creativity is going to come from. It's going to come from our spirit. It's going to leak out into our mind. It's going to change our will. It's going to motivate us. It's the new man. It's the new born again man. It's the spiritual man. And it's the one that gets denied by the overwhelming feelings of life, by discouragement, by temptation, by feeling like God's not doing anything so I don't read my Bible. I don't take any time with him. And the farther we drift, our new man is starving because it thrives on relationship with God. It thrives on being plugged in to that 110 outlet of relationship and intimacy with God where we are recharged and 
we rise up above our circumstances, our feelings, and what we see and what uh, looks a certain way to dare to believe. And that's where excitement comes. That's where uh, a faith comes. That's where uh, ability to see beyond what the temporal life looks like. And then we're apprehending something fresh and something new. Our key verse for today, it's uh, Isaiah 43. And we got this um, at, at our prophetic conference. Well, actually, at our, at our MFI conference. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall bring forth. Shall you not know it? And also they said to us, and what they said to us, we brought back to you because it's all about what God's doing in this local church. It's all about the call that we have together to grow in Christ and to reach the world around us, that people come to know Jesus. We have a powerful message we have a life-changing message, and sometimes we leave it dormant because we're so caught up in our situations and our circumstances and our own life, but it's the gospel message. The Bible says that it's the power of God to salvation. It's the power that changes lives. It's the power that changed our lives, and it's constantly want, God wants that, that gospel message to change the lives of those around us who are broken and lost, and they have no hope. This other word went along with this Isaiah 43, 19. Behold, I will do new thing. They also said, I give a new thing. <laughs> really, without God, we are powerless. How many times have we tried to make something happen or, or to create something? And some of you have more creative ability than others. Some of you have tapped in your creativity, and man, you can create and do all kinds of things. But the real creati- creativity, the source, is the Holy Spirit for us to change our situations, to change our relationships, to change our attitudes, to change the way we live, to change the way we relate to people, that's a work of God through the Holy Spirit. That's a a deep work sometimes in our relationships of being honest, of being able to really see the things that are frustrating us, the things that we're having struggles with in our relationship, the places of communication where we're not able to communicate the way we really would like to. That takes the ability to draw on God and to take a risk of being vulnerable and open and see something change. You shall know it. We often fail to recognize God's new. God in his power does the new. I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I was thinking this morning of of the new that happened to me in the, in the season of my life when I finally said, yes, okay, I will do what you want. I will go start a church. And from the time in March when we, we took one day off, when we went over to Santa Cruz and we just were talking, it wasn't particularly um, joyful, happy, because I felt the anxiety of the total new that God wanted to do in my life. And I was scared of the new. I was scared of quitting my job. And so that, on that March day when we're talking, you know, we're in Santa Cruz and we weren't having any fun, but we're just talking about what God was doing in our hearts. And then it started unfolding. Our pastors said they wanted to send us out. And so we said, okay. And I said, okay, I'll quit my job. And so it took six months to say yes to God, to quit my job, to sell our house, to find a house in Hollister, and then to move. It, it took six months. And everything became new. But it was the scariest new I had ever experienced in my life, changing everything that I knew. I had worked at my job for almost 29 years. It was new. It was a God new. 
I had no crutches. I had no, uh, no security of routine in my life. I had nothing I could hang on to. And I don't know about you, but I'm the kind of person I like security. Routine for me, my wife says, you are such a routine person. Routine is security. Routine is control in, in a world where I have no control. My routine is comfortable. My routine is, gives me something that I think I have and I can manage. But when you surrender to God's new, you lose control. And you live sometimes in this state of anxiety and nervousness because you realize I am no longer in control. But those are the best times in our life. Because even though we don't understand or feel the new, that is when you're really living the new. Those are the most exciting times when you look back and realize, why didn't I relax more? Look at how God came through. But those are the times that God wants to bring all of us into. Sometimes they happen by accident. Sometimes they happen because you say yes to God. But I tell you, God wants to do something new for you. New definition from the Erdman Bible. The quality of being fresh or recent. How many of us want to be fresh or recent? I, you know, when, when we were at Christian Community, there was a song. Make me new, Lord Jesus, make me new. For it seems and in so many ways I'm not enough like you. Take this weary vessel I have been and mold me once again. Change my heart, change my spirit, make me new. It has to be a cry of our heart. It has to be a cry of our heart, make me new. You know where we get tired of where we've been. We get tired of the way we think. We get tired of our inability to relate to people. We get tired of our soul sin nature. We begin to cry out, make me new. Make me new, Lord. He hears those prayers. And he allows life to bring us to those places where we're ready for change. You know, sometimes we don't want change because it is comfortable. We are hanging on to control, but then we get tired and we want to be fresh. We want to be new and we're ready to let go. And you know what? I hope all of us are getting to that place. Kleenex time. Strong's definition of new. A new thing. New things. Something new. Pretty simple definition, huh? <laughs> Here's one of my favorite scriptures for this topic. It's Revelation 21.5. And it really comes down again to the ability to create new, which is in God's hands. John wrote, he who sat on the throne said, behold, I make all things new. And you feel like you're boxed in and you feel like you, you can't change and you want the new. And everyone that is involved with you is keeping you from having the new. God is bigger. God is more powerful. God is far beyond anyone trying to keep you in a box. And God will make those things new. Behold, I make all things new. Isaiah 43 19, and I put B, it's the second part of the verse. I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Rivers, to me, are the Holy Spirit experiences in the struggles that we go through, moving from the old to the new. Rivers speak of, you know, power. We've seen just the floods recently back in Missouri the power of water, the power of God can 
break through anything that's holding you in the past and keeping you from the new. Here's Isaiah 43:19 from the message. God says, I'm about to do something brand new. It's bursting out. Don't you see it? And when we're talking about new and connection with God, it, we have to get God's vision for new. We can have a perception of what new is going to look like, but the Holy Spirit, you know, God's ways which are higher than our ways, has to show us what that new thing is. Because a lot of times when God is wanting to bring us into new, the enemy can show us what we think is new on the human level that can be a wrong, a wrong road. It could be a detour. But where you're saying, Lord, I want new. I have an ideal of what maybe new should be. Lord, bring me into the new that you have for me. That's when you get the new that's going to be most beneficial, most long-lasting, and more beneficial for you. Isaiah 43, 19b from the message. There it is. I'm making a road through the desert, rivers in the badlands. Isaiah 43, 18 deals with our past. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. You know, last week we were wrapping up the year talking about remembering the things that God said to us. The things we felt like God spoke to us in the word. Some of the things that God spoke to us as a congregation, we, we remembered. You know, when Jesus talked about every time we take communion, it's about remembering, remembering what, what he went through. And so there's places where remembering is very positive. But there are places that are holding us back and keeping us from our growth. There are memories that are creating and keeping bitterness and anger and rage captive inside of our heart and keeping us from growing and moving forward. And these are the things he's telling us we need to forget. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Those things that have hurt you, those things that traumatized you, those things to, that would keep you boxed in and keep you from the fresh newness that God has for you in your life because you're alive in Christ. You're being renewed day by day, it says even though your body's getting older. There's a freshness going on inside of you. There's fresh expectation for all of us for this new year. In the Old Testament, God was dealing with Israel, and he reminded them that they had an evil mindset that was hindering them from what God wanted to do. In Numbers 11, 5 and 6, it said, The children of Israel complained against God. We remember the fish which we ate freely in Egypt, the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and the garlic. But now our whole being is dried up. There is nothing at all except this manna before our eyes. Oh, really? Go back to Egypt and bondage for an onion? <laughs> it seems pretty... Trivial, but to them, it was so scary. They were so used to being in bondage. To leave bondage was, was too scary for them. They had control in their bondage. They knew what their taskmasters expected of them. They knew what a day's work was going to be like. And so when faced to leave everything and to follow a God and a crazy Moses into the wilderness, 
that was too much. We do, when, we do, when do we stop looking back and begin to look ahead with Jesus? Isaiah 43, 18, out of the message. Forget about what's happened. Don't keep going over old history. Be alert. Be present. Ever think about being present, like when you're in relationship or conversations, or do you find yourself kind of thinking, some daydreaming or not being connected? I, I was really stopping and thinking about even my relationships. It takes a little effort to be connected. I know there's distractions nowadays on the iPhones, and I'm, I'm not quite there yet, you guys, but I'm working on it, being distracted with my iPhone. <laughs> but you know what I mean, where you're in conversations and you're not there. Part of the newness is about, really, it's about relationship, because everything, when it comes down, it's going to be about relationship. Things are important. We get distracted. We have problems. But if we could keep present in our relationships, present in our communication, present with people, we're going to experience more of the new because God lives in relationships. And he's about restoration in relationships. It's all about that. And so we can keep, a mind, keep our mind focused on trying to be present. Here's the definition of present. A period of time between past and future now occurring now, being at hand, now, expressing, expressing current time, now. I wonder what we would receive if we can let go of, of that thing that is always running over and over as a rerun. I know some of us watch reruns. I know a lot of John Wayne movies I watched over and over, and I say, why do I watch it over and over? It's good. But you could, but I think you got to identify with me. There's things you wish you could stop rerunning. I mean, you're just so tired of the reruns. You have all the dialogue down. You know all the words. You know, but you keep running it, and it steals your present. It steals the hope of the future, and it steals your expectation of receiving in this moment. What is God saying? If Psalms one thirty nine says that God's thoughts towards us are like the sand of the sea, every day, every moment, and that's a lot of grains. That's a lot of thoughts. What am I missing out in some of those God new thoughts that if I focused a little bit more being in the present in my awareness of God wanting to do something new in my life, would I be able to grab hold of and experience? Losing something, making way for the new. Ecclesiastes 3.6. There is a time to get and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away. And I think that's a hard thing that in the different life circumstances we go through. A time to lose and a time to keep, a time to cast away. It also says that we have eternity in our hearts, that we know we were created to live forever. But since the fall of man, there's death, there's aging, there's sickness and disease and pain and all those things we go through. And so we have this ideal in us of eternal, and yet we live in a temporal world apart from the eternal. And so we're always warring in, in, in this, trying to hold on to something. How many, are you always trying to hold on to something? I remember thinking, raising my kids, and now when they come to visit, when they're on adult and old, I'm thinking like, I wanted so much them, and now they're living their own lives. And there's such a wanting to hang on to that. And yet, 
they're, they're living their lives. They've, they've gone on. And it's that thing in us that we want to hold on to stuff. And so part of the only thing why we hold on is because we think about it. And so it disconnects us from the present, disconnects us from what's present, what's future, what's uh, fresh, because we're, we're always trying to find this ideal where we have the best feelings and thoughts. So it's something we're always kind of, uh, you know, working through to stay in the present, to stay connected with God. There is a time to get, a time to lose, a time to keep, a time to cast away. I think those are those grieving processes we have to go through sometimes to get into the new, where we actually grieve the losses. We have to let go of the ideal that I'm never going to have that back, but I have to grieve and let go. And that's something that the soul needs and that, that God has made us in a way that we can grieve through things. We can grieve through those losses so we can move ahead in our lives. Here's a, a custom they have in Italy. Throwing out the old. Those inventive people, the Italians, have a custom. As midnight on New Year's Eve approaches, the streets are clear. There is no traffic. There are no pedestrians. Even the policemen take cover. Then at the stroke of 12, the windows of the houses fly open to the sound of laughter, music, and fireworks. Each member of the family pitches out old crockery, detested ornaments, hated furniture, and a whole catalog of personal possessions which remind them of something in the past year they are determined to wipe out of their minds. Sounds like a pretty good practical way of trying to get rid of something uh, from the past, getting ready for the new. Ecclesiastes 3.1, new seasons on life's journey. To everything there is a season and a time for every matter or purpose under heaven. Again, understanding the principles that the Word of God lets us know, it helps us really get into the seasons of our life. And if we have to rejoice, we can rejoice. If we have to grieve, we can grieve. But it almost gets us into living in the present. You know, you think back, and maybe today you can think back different seasons in your life. You know, growing up, going to school, you know, high school, college, whatever whatever seasons you went through, maybe your first job or the career you, you got established in. There's those seasons in our life that have a lot of memories, good and bad, but they're parts of life that we lived out. They're parts of new experiences that we began in, new seasons that we began in. And again, we can look back and think of like, ah, there's some great memories in some of those seasons, and there's some disappointments. There's some sorrows and losses in those seasons, but all part of that season. And just really being able to connect with what God wants to do. Every new experience, the things that God wants to bring us fresh, are all part of the destiny that we have in God. You know, last week we talked about that verse where it says in, in um, Psalms 139.16 that even before we were born, every day in our life was pre-recorded. And so what that can bring to our memory, like we talked about last week, is that when we realize that every day is recorded, that even though I'm going through this right now, God knew I was going to be going through this, and, and he's with me in this. And even in the most boring days that I live, God is with me, and it helps me really be able to look and say, like, well, this is a pretty special day if God already wrote it down in his book, even before it was lived. And it can help us to be open in our expectation to experience God in those ho-hum days. But destiny, the definition of destiny, the apparently predetermined and inevitable series of events that happen to somebody 
or something. The inner purpose of a life that can be discovered and realized, a force or agency that predetermines what will happen. Destiny is lived in and through the seasons of life when God thrusts us into something new. I think I want to stop there right now and maybe uh, we can come and play the keys. And as will you stand with me and as we close this part of our service, maybe there's something you'd like to just spend a couple minutes just, you know, before the Lord. Maybe you want to lay down some burdens. Maybe you want to cry some tears. There's Kleenex. Grab yourself a box of Kleenex. Bury your head in that Kleenex and let, sometimes, you know what, some of my, my greatest feelings of letting things go is just letting the emotion out. We're used to tears in this church. We don't shame people or make people feel guilty, but there's such a healing and grieving, grieving those things in our life that are keeping us from the new. Maybe there's a fear you need to tell the Lord about. God, I'm afraid of the new, or God, I want something new. Maybe you're just going to be here and say, God, I, I got to have new. I am so tired of the old. Whatever you need to do, just the altars are open in the next 10 minutes. Just come and spend some time.